0: Welcome back to Rethinking Politics. We're glad to have you here with us for episode one hundred and one. Um, before we get into the episode, we got a little bit of housekeeping. Um, so I'm gonna pause the mic for a minute and clean up this room and then we will get right back to it.
1: Um, <laughs> so just just hang tight as you hear the sounds in the background. That's just some some cleaning going on
0: <laughs> Dan Dan's got Dan's got a view of part of part of the room, and it's just it's just a nightmare. This, this is the, this is my, my son's, my toddler's room and it's out of control. But anyways, we're going to, we're going to push through it. So if I, if I seem a little scattered, I'm going to blame the room mess or, or the fact that, uh, that Dan's sick, either of those things (laughs) I plan on using for an excuse for my own incompetence. (laughs) I was going to say,
1: I'm, I'm operating at probably 70% now, 60% yesterday, 70% today, uh, more than a little ill. And, uh. You're talking about how your room is slightly messy, and that's going to make you scattered?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Dan's like, you think you have an excuse? You've got nothing. I'll (laughs) show you what an excuse is. So today, we're going to be talking about the student loan forgiveness plan that President Biden announced quite, quite recently, uh, Wednesday. And it's got several parts to it. So our plan is we're going to talk about the different parts, what they mean, and then we'll go into it a little bit further now i know some of you may be thinking what do you mean parts this is, this is just <laughs> this is just money that that he is throwing at people who have student loans but there's actually more to it than that that's just the part that everyone cares about the money who knew so the three parts first part is the debt cancellation the student loan forgiveness it's a uh, is a number that's being thrown around. It's it's $10,000 in debt cancellation for anyone who has not received a Pell Grant. And then it's $20,000 to people who have received a Pell Grant. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar, Pell Grants are are purely income-related federal loan I guess they're just paying for part of your tuition. It's yeah, the federal grants. The federal grants. That's what I was looking yeah. for. I couldn't I couldn't remember the word. It's a it's a federal grant, so basically they're just going to be paying part of your tuition almost like a scholarship except not based off of any kind of performance or academic record, but simply based off of economic need. So in other words, if you, you know, are a position where you where you are in economic need, you know, you'll qualify for more Debt cancellation: the twenty thousand instead of the ten thousand.
1: And I believe both of these only apply. You can only get this kind of debt forgiveness ten thousand or twenty thousand if you're making less than one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars currently. Is that correct? Yes,
0: or two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for married couples. Um, okay. So, so that's that's going to be a large large number of people who still currently have student debt because most people who are making more than that have have usually done taking care of their debt. Not always. I mean, you've got, you know, medical students who've racked up an enormous amount of debt. You'll have
1: some lawyers, you'll have doctors. And um, so those
0: people are are not going to benefit, but they're used to not benefiting cuz the government doesn't help them out at all ever. So that's just that's just, you know, par for the course <laughs> for them. Remember how the government doesn't care about you? Guess what? They still don't. Next. So, um so, so a couple of interesting things about that. First of all, I, I think the Pell Grant thing is interesting, Dan, because in my experience, one of the interesting things about the Pell Grant is that until you turn 24, I believe it's 24, or you get married, even if you file taxes separately from your parents when you're going to school – you still have to factor in your parents' income in order to qualify for Pell grants. So if you're 22 years old, you're living by yourself in a completely different area from your parents. Maybe you don't even get along with your parents. Maybe they kicked you out of the house at 18. Does't matter if and, and so they, they may not be giving you you know one penny of financial support, but because they're your parents, you may not qualify for Pell grants if they're making a certain amount of money, which Is much more likely than that you're making that amount of money. And so there are a large number of young students who don't qualify for Pell Grants and rack up a lot of debt because their parents aren't helping them, but because their parents exist, they don't qualify for Pell Grants. You know, sometimes there are, you know, people have parents who do help them out, which is what the Pell Grant designers envisioned. But that's just not how it works in the real world. In a large number of cases, so for those mm-hmm. individuals who are already ready, kind of getting a kick in the pants from the federal government because they're not getting help with these loans, are getting another kick in the pants. Where, oh yeah, you're 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 already well enough off that you don't need the twenty thousand. You only need the ten thousand, you know. And that may not be the case, you know. So the the current system is somewhat ineffective at accurately diagnosing whether or not you need help. And so it's good to know that this new one-time act is also not great at accurately diagnosing who needs the most help. Um, (laughs) It's also worth noting that, that this like the stimulus checks during COVID is a, a shotgun tactic. This is not targeted specifically at people who who really need it, it's going to everyone. You know what I mean? You know, my, my wife's currently going to school. She's been going to school for a while. So we have several thousand dollars in student loan debt. Um, but we're not, we're not struggling right now. Like we're doing okay. I mean, obviously we're far from wealthy. You know, we've just got my one income and she's going to school and we have two kids. It's, it's, it's work. It's a fight, but we're okay. We, we we never thought, hey, we need someone to bail us out from this student loan debt. No, we got the student loan debt, understanding how much it would be and what we'd have to do to pay it off. That's all part of our plan. So so I would not put us in the category of someone who needs to be rescued, but but here we are getting rescued anyways. You know, most most likely that debt is automatically gonna be removed because we've we filed for a Pell Grant so they have that information. You know what I mean? So so we qualify for up to 20,000 even though we don't have 20,000 in debt um whether or not we actually need it you know what i mean and, uh-huh. and in our case we don't need it i mean it's great we're happy about it you know who doesn't who doesn't mind you know the fe- federal government giving you more free money but doesn't mean we need it versus there are people <laughs> who are seriously struggling and there's no differentiation you know what i mean with this uh with this portion of the the bill, it's just it's just a shotgun effect. Everybody benefits from it, which makes it seem more like a stimulus package than like an actual uh, I don't know an actual solution. Which brings yeah, us I, I, to the second part. Sorry, where were you going to say, Dan?
1: I was going to say. Uh, so as I'm listening to you, um, there there's a there's a touch of sarcasm in your voice, right, Brian? Uh, you're, you seem. <laughs> You you seem surprisingly negative about free money, despite the fact you said you're benefiting and you like it. You know what I mean? If if let's say you didn't have any school debt, why would you be upset to begin with that someone else is getting help? You know, someone else who may need it. Maybe not all of them need it, but some of them do. Some of them could use some help. What's the you know why the why the tone of, oh, government can't figure it's, out who needs it.
0: It's funny that you said that because I was talking to some co-workers last night specifically about this. And one coworker said, you know what? I don't even care. I'm just happy that the government is spending money on... American people versus all sorts of other random things they spend their money on. You know, I'm just glad that that we're actually people are actually going to benefit from government spending because the government spends all this money every year and we don't know where most of it goes. And so I'm just happy that that actual American people are going to benefit from him from it. And I was like, you know, there's there's some real truth to that. You know what I mean? This is going to they estimated it's going to cost about 24 billion per year um that's a very rough estimate because that's that, that's what they've said it is it's a very rough estimate it could be more it could be less usually it's more right if we've learned anything <laughs> it's going to be more um but in terms of government spending that's that's par for the course i mean we we sent almost that that same amount to uh ukraine already this year you know we've spent that amount on several different things and so 24 billion to help out some American people is not the worst thing the government could do, absolutely. But Biden is doing this. President Biden is doing this because he's noted there's a problem. You know, when when he when he announced this, I, we got a quote here. Quote: Education is a ticket to a better life, but over time that ticket has become too expensive for too many Americans. End quote. So that's that's the problem. You know, Biden's trying to fix here is that public education is important, college education is important, but it's unaffordable right now. And so, so my my sarcasm and and my negativity towards this is because writing ten thousand dollar checks to people doesn't solve the problem. You know what I mean? Writing ten thousand dollar checks doesn't even address the problem. Really, it's it's just a band-aid solution. And examples of how it's a band-aid solution is anyone who's already paid off their student loan debt, it doesn't help them. Anyone who worked extra hard to, you know, go to college and pay for it themselves, you know, they don't benefit from it. You know, I mean, like when I, when I went to school, you know, I didn't take out any student loans. You know, I, I got some assistance from family, but the tuition I paid for myself and it was expensive. And it sucked. Um, I mean, it wasn't expensive compared to college, but it was expensive to pay it. You know what I mean? You know, paying Mm -hmm. several thousand dollars, you know, a year is rough for several years. And and so all the people who have been financially frugal and very careful and have worked hard aren't benefiting from this. But people who went to school for a year didn't really try, failed a bunch of their classes, then gave up are going to benefit from this. And so there's that inconsistency, there's that shotgun effect that just makes me reticent to praise this part of of what's been done.
1: So if I, let me put it this way and see if you disagree. It sounds like you're concerned that they don't, that some of the people that are going to get this don't merit the help
0: per se. Well, so there's there's two aspects, I guess. There's merit and there's need. And I'm saying this $10,000 and $20,000 doesn't really look at either. You know what I mean? It, it's basically saying if you make under 250 grand a year, We're going to, for a married couple, or 125 dollars for a single individual, we're going to assume that you need it and we're just going to give it to you. And that's not an accurate assessment of need. You know what I mean? If if someone owes $4,000 in student debt that they've been slowly paying off over time, they're making $100,000 a year and they're doing just as a single individual, to argue that that person is in desperate need of government bailout just seems... False, right? Yeah, you know what I yeah. mean. Versus, you may have someone who's got sixty grand in debt. You know, they got a degree that they were promised was going to allow them to get a better job. There are no jobs available for that degree that they're able to find now. They're five years out of school. They have this crippling sixty thousand dollar debt. They're working, yeah. you know, a ten dollar an hour job bagging groceries, and they are they're paying all this money into into their student loans, and they just feel trapped. That person has much more of a need than the other person. You know what I mean? And this $10,000 and $20,000 doesn't really distinguish between those two beyond the Pell Grant. That's what yes, I'm saying. Okay. Is it's it's not just merit. It's also need because cause I understand that— that one of the big arguments against this is, is the merit aspect, you know? And, yes. I, and I was getting into that in terms of what did you get your degree for? What thought, what planning, how frugal were you with your money? And all of that is absolutely true, that that is not being taken into consideration. But on top of that, need isn't really being taken into consideration either.
1: So I agree with that. Um, I think a lot of people, the, the main motivator for the people who have been politically interested in student loan forgiveness for a long time is the need. And that need stems from, if you were to say, I mean, there's lots of people with needs in the United States. Uh, they're struggling with something. Um, this warrants particular attention from the federal government because it stems from a federal program, which is the where these student loans are coming from. Mm-hmm. At this point, we uh, it's $16 billion is the total owed. Six, uh, no excuse me, 1.6
0: 1. 6, 1. <laughs> 6 trillion
1: this is a good example of, of, of what we mean when I'm operating at 70% here I occasionally read things yes. and it just comes out as not the thing I read My
0: <laughs> it will cost the government 24 billion a year to forgive some of the debt of the 16 billion that's owed
1: This, uh, the 1.6 trillion that's owed you just said the figure I no, did no I
0: was making a joke Oh, oh. <laughs> about how that wouldn't make any sense.
1: <laughs> I was also telling Brad I'm going to be really slow on picking up his jokes. They're usually uh, they're usually wordplay, and I just can't seem to follow them very well today.
0: Wordplay mixed with some heavy sarcasm.
1: With some, right, right, right. The tone interpreting the social cues, all that. Okay, so one point six trillion is is what's owed. There's there's another hundred and thirty one billion in private student loans, but that's unaffected. That's a that's a side thing.
0: Yeah, the one point um, six trillions, the federal loans, which is what this is about. You know, that's the main focus. Yes, of that's this what act. can
1: be forgiven. Uh, and uh, so there's a there's another statement that I hear, Brad, that uh, uh, that maybe is worth addressing here before we move on to the second thing in this bill, uh-huh. which is that there there's really no reason to be upset about this because the loans are just being forgiven, you know, it's just being wiped. Uh-huh. The US government is the debt holder, they just say, "Hey, forget about it." Uh-huh. You know, and it doesn't doesn't cost us anything is the claim. They mm-hmm. I've heard people say this, you know, there's no you said it's costing 24 billion, but uh these people are convinced it's costing nothing because it can't because it's just wiping something away.
0: So, so if I were having a conversation with someone who said that, I would say, awesome. In that case, because the, uh, the White House press secretary has said the reason that we took so long to do this and the reason it's $10,000 versus 50000 specifically what she said, you know, those are the numbers that she cited, 10000 versus 50000 is because we want to do it in a fiscally responsible way. If it's true that just erasing the debt is fiscally responsible doesn't actually cost us anything. And if it doesn't cost anyone anything, then it's definitely f- fiscally responsible. You know what I mean? You know, picking a gold coin off the sidewalk while you're on a walk and then, you know, pocketing it is very fiscally responsible. Um, you know what I mean? Because there's, there's no cost to it. There's no no one. No one goes bankrupt because they picked a the coin off the, the sidewalk. You know, it's just free money. You just take it. It's great um but the 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 reason they didn't is because they admitted that that's not fiscally responsible which clearly implies it's almost explicitly implies which is oxymoronic that there is a cost a very real cost to to any debt cancellation and hence the $10,000 was chosen because it was a smaller amount and therefore more fiscally responsible. In other words, any amount is at least to some degrees, fis- some degree fiscally irresponsible because of the cost, because of that twenty-four billion a year. Yes, and yeah. and it makes sense. If it didn't have a cost, if it really was just free, then wipe the one point six trillion. Say we're done. We're 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 any debt you owe, you no longer owe from the smallest five hundred dollar loan to the the, the you know the med students who still own 250 grand it's all cleared
1: yes yeah and, if you, and
0: if, while we're at it we'll continue to loan money but we won't require any of it back you know what i mean since clearly we can loan money and then not require it back and that costs us nothing
1: yes um you'd in accounting obviously this would be written down as an asset you you own the debt of of 1.6 trillion dollars uh, this is factored into uh, all of the accounting of the United States federal government, and to wipe that away is effectively to lose one point six trillion dollars uh, in and, terms and, of.
0: And that's where they're getting their twenty-four billion is in lost revenue that's coming in yearly. That's why the 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 cost is stated yearly versus stated all at once, because you could state it all at once depending on how you're choosing to account for it and because it's the federal government there are no no laws like a business has so they can account for the loss however they want and and i think the 24 billion a year is reasonable because that's that's the the literal the effective impact on the budget you know what i mean cuz yeah is is that 24 billion dollars each year isn't going to be coming in and so we're going to need that money to come from somewhere else because believe it they're spending that twenty-four billion that's been coming in every year, and <laughs> so
1: believe it. They're spending that seventy billion, that twenty-four of which has been coming in every year. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, it, it, it's uh, It was odd to hear uh, what seemed to be serious people putting forward that argument. Well, this doesn't actually cost us anything. What are you? What are you talking about? <laughs> well, why don't? Why don't we forgive every loan? Mm-hmm. What it was? Mm-hmm. It doesn't affect anyone. No, it's it's the
0: same. It's a similar argument that was said during the stimulus packages. It's just it's just free money. It doesn't really cost anything, so let's just do it. And and here we are with serious inflation and economic issues that are at least partly a result of those many stimulus packages. And and we are learning there are real costs to it.
1: Okay, so we've established the cost. We've established that this isn't actually doing very well by measures of merit or. Uh, finding need, it's just kind of a, a shotgun effect, as you you described. Uh, what's the what's the second and third part? Because I think we've probably reached the end.
0: Well, I want to say one last, knows about it. Go, go ahead. I want to say one last thing about why this first part is in there. Because because the more I look at it, the more I think the second and third parts are where the focus should be. The reason this first part is in here is that I think for two primary reasons. The first reason is that it was a very well-known campaign promise by Biden that he was going to cancel student loan debt. And so that's something that if he doesn't do, people are going to notice. And I think Biden and his Biden's team has been making a serious push in the last few months to fix his image. And and this, I think, is is one prong in that. In that in that plan, in that attack to change his image around before the midterms, even though he's not coming up for election, a lot of Democrats are and how the president is perceived affects how the rest of the party gets elected. And so I think this is a push for the midterms and fulfilling a campaign promise on the one hand and on the other hand, giving another stimulus check to millions and millions of Americans without calling it that is also gonna be helpful. You know what I mean? Because you're it's gonna be easier to vote for someone when the leader of that party just bailed you out of a hole. You know what I mean?
1: Uh-huh. Yes. So there's the political expediency. hmm You said there was a second.
0: That was a second. No, the first is a campaign promise. Second is a stimulus package under another name.
1: I, I see. Sorry, okay. I
0: didn't I didn't number those well when I stated them, but those are the okay. two the two aspects. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a, yeah. There's certainly political motivation to do this. Um, if you break it down by voters, the people who vote for Biden disproportionately have student loans. Um, there's some. There's a very clear like, who is this helping? This is helping my supporters, and that's why they wanted me to do this, and that's what I promised I would do. So there's some. There's definitely some uh, uh, real uh, political incentive here to yeah <laughs> to and, act on this.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, so okay. I was going to go to the the second part of the the plan. Yeah, I was just going to already... say
1: do you, do we want to do we want to talk about the effects of this particular portion, or do we want to talk about the effects of the whole thing at the end?
0: Either way, I don't care.
1: Either way. Um. Okay. Well, let me just note here then, and maybe we'll have more to say about it later. That uh, I so I was one of those people like you who who uh tried to be extremely frugal, um, uh. Went out of my way, took time off from school to work, did a variety of different things uh, in order to pay for my schooling because I, because debt by definition means you're paying more than what you, <laughs> than what you were doing. And, and, mm-hmm. uh, and so I avoided it and it's not always, you should, I'm not saying you should always avoid debt just because it, you know, you pay extra later. There's reasons to sometimes, but, um, and that has been, that has come at great personal sacrifice. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that. And so there's, you can, you can practically feel the anger from a lot of people <laughs> that this is happening <laughs> a lot of really, really angry people, but that's not even, that's not even the big thing. You know, people feel like they are ripped off. They already paid off their loans, like you said, or they didn't take any or whatever it may be. Um, uh, I'm not particularly angry. I actually thought about it. I was joking with a friend. I was like, Biden's in office. He said he was going to forgive loan things. They aren't going to be able to forgive nearly what he promised, but I bet they will at some point forgive 10,000. That figure had been thrown around Mm -hmm. what a year ago, two years ago. And I thought part of me thinks that I should take out $10,000 in student loans.
0: Because you're current, you were currently going to school. So you would have qualified and you wouldn't have had to spend that ten thousand dollars on tuition or whatever. You know what I mean? You could have yes. just taken out ten grand.
1: Yes. Yes. No, they don't they don't care what you spend it on. You <laughs> you you get ten thousand dollars could be living expenses, you could go to a casino for all they care. Um and, and it looks like I was right that I could have done that. And if you don't think that in the future more people are going to be considering that and they're going to go which way are the political winds blowing what what is it what kind of precedent does this set regarding debt because it you absolutely by forgiving debt incentivize people to take more of said debt
0: and it's and it's not just we're not talking specifically about people trying to game the system, like Dan scenario. Yeah, yeah, no, we're just talking about how knowledge of what politicians can do will affect people's everyday decisions. You know what I mean? Like yeah, like my wife is still in school. You know we're gonna have this. We're gonna have the thousands of dollars we have now erased, but she's still taking out. You know she can take out more loans in the future as as we go through this because we don't have enough money right now to pay for, for her school and our living expenses with our two kids. It's just, we can't, mm-hmm. we can't make it work. And so we're taking out a small amount of, of student loan debt. We're going to feel a little bit more comfortable taking out that student loan debt. Psychologically, just in the back of our minds, we're going to be less hesitant about taking out that, that debt, knowing that there's a chance in the future, it could be wiped out again, even just, even just an, an an unknown chance the fact that it's happened before is going to change how we're looking at that debt. Even as we're trying to be frugal, it's just going to be there in the back of my mind, you know, that right. that it's it's almost fake money. You know what I mean? Who knows what's going to happen? And if you don't believe that's not going to change how people are choosing to go into debt in terms of college, then I think you're absolutely wrong.
1: Yeah, for the same reason, the bailouts in 2008 incentivize you know change the incentives of the bank, the big businesses and the corporations and banks that were affected right the, the same reason that all of these all political action to simply step in and solve the problems create some incentive not some incentive they they make it more likely that people will make those choices again on the off chance that they're bailed out again right if, if a bank is too big to fail Well, that's good news for them. They can, you know, they can do. Good
0: news for banks.
1: (laughs) That's right. That's right. And, and that's not right. This is a, this is an unintended consequence. I don't think they're trying to lead people to do this, but you can, but if, if the problem is that the loan system is bad and leads people into circumstances where they desperately need help. And that that's some kind of systemic problem, which it absolutely is. We've talked, when we talked about student loans last time, we went into the, the incentives of how it works and the unlimited credit and the, and the debt. You can see that in a previous episode of ours if you search for it. Um, then you're encouraging, you're, you're making it more tempting to engage with a system that is terrible.
0: Yeah, and, and most people would argue, well, this is just a one-time thing. It's not going to happen again. That is I'm the like, funniest okay, thing. <laughs> well, in that case, that's even worse because you're <laughs> going to have people who are going into debt with the belief that you are going to save them. And if you're not going to save them, then you just lured them into financial ruin. So that's, that's something that you're going to have to— have to live with if politicians ever had to live with any of the consequences of their action. So don't worry about <laughs> if it. If anyone ever um, felt
1: responsible for, for the political system,
0: if there was any accountability for politicians, you would have to live with this. But as it is, not nah, don't worry. About it. Um. So that brings us to the to the the second part of of the changes, and these changes are are a marked improvement from the first change. So the the first part of the plan, stimulus package. Second part of the plan is actually looking at changing how the, the loans are repaid for people who are seriously struggling. So currently how it works is there are a number of programs that people can apply for in terms of repaying their debt based off of, you know not having enough money to pay for the debt. You know, there's a normal way of paying paying off your loans where you're just paying off your loans based off of the principal, the interest, and how quickly you want to pay it off. And that's normal. That's There's no special program you need to go into to do that. But let's say those payments are too large, too expensive, and you can't handle it. You just got out of school and you're not making enough money. There's a number of programs that you can apply to that will base how much you have to pay off of your current income. They'll look at it every year and reevaluate it based off of how much you're making. And there are a number of different programs with different percentages of your income that you have to pay. Biden is going to be creating, he's having the Department of Education create a new program that is uh, for undergraduate loans. The monthly payments will be capped at 5% of a borrower's discretionary income. And discretionary income Is actually going to be changed. The definition is going to be changed. It used to be discretionary income was anything above 150% or 175%, one of those, I think it's 150% of the poverty line, anything more than that's discretionary income. Well, they're changing discretionary income to mean 225% of the poverty line. So not only is the cap lower at 5% when the lowest cap before was 10%, so that lowest cap is being halved, but the amount of money that the 5% is being taken out of has also been reduced. And so it's increasing the number of people who don't have to pay anything. And then those who do have to pay have to pay less because their discretionary income has been reduced and because their percentage has been reduced as well. Is that, is that confusing or does that make sense, Dan? Um,
1: it would probably make sense on a normal day. <laughs> At some point in there, I was thinking, I am as stupid as a dumb houseplant. <laughs> so what's the impact? Assuming so the impact, we've got a so lot this, of other houseplants listening.
0: So, so this one, I like how you just said that anyone who didn't get what I just said is as stupid as a houseplant. Obviously, They may be true, smarter I just, than that, but you never I just, know. <laughs> I just threw a bunch of numbers. It makes sense when you've been reading about it all day, um, and I understand most of you haven't. So ignore <laughs> Dan's insults. You I may be as stupid as a houseplant, but that has nothing to do with whether or not you understood what I just said. How about that? <laughs> I don't I don't want to take the houseplant insult off the table. Yes, but you don't. Separated.
1: But you'd like to give the houseplant a benefit of a doubt. It's just that maybe they could understand <laughs>
0: it. So this is what I got <laughs> there, So All right. Fair fair enough, if that's how you wanna handle it. <laughs> so so what this is doing is it's it's primarily designed to help low income people, people who aren't making as much as they should be making after going to school. And what you should be
1: making is the theoretical you go to college because it's gonna make you
0: because you'll be making you're you're get more paid a are, lot. Yes. Yeah, so So once again, let's go back to our favorite example, the med students and the lawyers who spent a lot on college and are now making a lot. Whoop-de-doo, they're not going to benefit nearly as much from this (laughs) as someone who went and got some random degree and is now back at whatever they were doing before or whatever they could do if they didn't go to school. You know what I mean? So for example, you know, I'm working at a warehouse right now. I have a bachelor's degree. My bachelor's degree had no impact on my current job situation. You know what I mean? So uh-huh. so my my bachelor's degree is not providing any financial benefit for me, which is not surprising. I got a liberal arts degree. I didn't plan on it making money for me. But a lot of people have been told, "Hey, if you go to college, you're going to be better off. It's going to be that ticket to a better life," as Biden said. Well now they they've got that ticket and they can't find the better life and they're they're they've got crap wages, but they have this huge amount of student debt. This is actually going to help them. And this one is based off of need. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you have a small amount of debt and you're doing fine financially. This isn't going to help you at all. Like I look at this and I'm like, okay, well, we were planning on paying off our debt in a reasonable manner, you know, and we were going to have a small amount of debt compared to what we're going to be making. So this probably won't affect, you know, me and my wife at all. It's not going to affect us at all. But those who are really struggling, it is going to help them. And that's the gist of it. By changing it from 10% of their income to 5% of their income is going to, for a lot of people, cut their payment in half. And then the last thing that it does that I didn't mention that is confusing but important is that it also affects the interest. So, how it works is you have interest on these loans. Um, how it worked in the past is if you were on one of these plans and let's say your discretionary income is zero because you're making 150% of the poverty line or less, you would still be collecting interest on those loans, even though your in a protected plan. You know what I mean? So this plan's helping you. You're not in default. You don't have to pay anything because you're not making really any money. But that interest is still collecting in the background. Well, the good news is is if you never make any money, you'll never have to pay that, right? But let's say things get better for you six years from now, and now you are making more money and you want to pay off the loans in a reasonable manner. Well, now they've ballooned because of all this interest that's been accumulating unhampered for the past six years. So what what they've done to change that is that if you are in one of these plans and you're paying a certain amount, that amount's going to go towards interest like normal, but any amount of interest that isn't getting paid won't accumulate. So if you're paying 0% because you're below the 225% of the poverty line, it will not accrue any interest while you're in that plan. So it's it's a huge boon and a huge benefit for need-based help for people who are having student loans which if you're going to do something like this having it be need-based makes a lot of sense. Yes, yes it does. It does. This
1: this as you said suggested earlier, these parts of this bill make more sense. They make a lot more yes, sense.
0: Yes. Especially when the argument is you have these these huge debts that people are trapped in. The people who are trapped are the people who are applying for these kind of programs, and so those are the people that are going to benefit from these changes. The people like like me who aren't struggling, but who are like, yeah, yeah, I'll take the free money, aren't going to benefit from this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that and that makes sense. Yes, that's what what you want. Just like what you want. Just like I'm not benefiting from you know any of the welfare programs that are available right now. You know what I mean? I'm not on welfare because I'm working, and that's how welfare's supposed to work.
1: Yes, yes, it better. (laughs) <laughs> can, we, can we at least agree that if there is a welfare program of some kind it better reach the people who need it and not other random people <laughs> that's a, i uh-huh, think that's uh-huh. something everybody could get behind
0: <laughs> yeah and if you can't agree on that then what you're talking about is not welfare what you're talking about is just giving everyone more money <laughs> yeah. which is called inflation and that's something different yeah,
1: <laughs> that's right that's an entirely different category um yeah it, it's These parts are the most interesting. I've heard literally nothing about them aside from our own research into it. Yeah, yeah, people are not
0: talking about they're talking about the 10,000. They're talking about the 20,000 occasionally in the actual articles. You'll find, you know, people talking about it. But in terms of social media, in terms of, you know, news outlets, people actually talking about it. No, people care about the 10,000 and 20,000, even though these student loan system changes are a big deal and are going to help people who are seriously struggling. Yes. Because people who have $70,000 in student loan debt, taking 10 grand off the top's not going to save them. You know what I mean? In in terms of what it's going to do, it won't change that much. If they already can't meet the minimum payment, taking 10,000 off the top's is not going to help them. No. But something like a... this would.
1: Yes. Uh, this makes a lot more sense uh, for sure. If I were, if I had to, you know, rate them how much good they're going to do, I think that first one, like you said, the people who are drowning in debt and not really making money, 10, 20,000, it's something, but it's a, you know, it's a drop in ocean in terms of their problems. They're underwater and they're getting further underwater. It's not going to change that. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The fact that they're only six feet underwater. Instead of seven feet underwater, is <laughs> yeah, they count. still can't breathe, right? Yeah, uh, and especially if they're sinking anyway. It's like, it's like mm-hmm. um,
0: we've got several problems, and none of them are being fixed,
1: right? Um, so the other major compl- the, the other major complaint, the pushback against this, um, is that people will say, uh, "Look, we do need to help the people who are underwater." And, and they're often even comfortable with helping everybody in general. Uh, they don't mind the, the student loan forgiveness, the broad student loan forgiveness. But they, they then say, if the reason uh, there is a more fundamental problem, and it's in the system itself, rather than in the fact that some people are just struggling with their loans, right? This could be, I mean, why target this at student loan people and not target this at everybody in debt? Who's struggling. Everybody yeah. who's struggling. Yeah. Why is this a welfare program? specifically, why would we need one specifically for student loan debt? Now, $1.6 trillion is an absolutely mad amount of money. (laughs) that's, Mm -hmm. that's That's an insane amount of money for people to owe on these particular loans. Do you feel like with these changes that we're getting, that we've made some kind of significant improvement to the loan system?
0: Say it one more time. Is there a, let me just try that again entirely. Where are we at? Forty six. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to derail you. No, it's fine. It's a terrible question. If I'm if
1: I were going to rank the uh, the individual pieces of this, I'd say the first part is nearly useless. Uh, it, it would have to be much more targeted for it to be helpful. Um, the second
0: part, it- yeah, it's useless in terms of fixing the problem. So now I want to talk about the third part. You know, so the the, the second part is is actually trying to help. People who are struggling with the with the student loans. There's also a tweaking to the public service loan forgiveness program. Um, and, and that's part of that is trying to help people get their loans taken care of. Um, that one has to do if people are working for the government, basically they qualify for loan forgiveness after a certain amount of time and it's helping them get that money. Um, the third section is one I'm going to read straight from the white House.gov's Um, a release on this student loan forgiveness their fact sheet as they call them and i'm just going to read this whole paragraph because this is what they outline this third section is so first in bold the title for the section protect future students and taxpayers by reducing the cost of college and holding schools accountable when they hike up prices Now, I'm going to read the paragraph. The president championed the largest increase to Pell Grants in over a decade and one of the largest one time influxes to colleges and universities. To further reduce the cost of college, the president will continue to fight to double the maximum Pell Grant and make community college free. Meanwhile, colleges have an obligation to keep prices reasonable and ensure borrowers get value for their investments, not debt they cannot afford. This administration has already taken key steps to strengthen accountability, including in areas where the previous administration weakened rules. The Department of Education is announcing new efforts to ensure student borrowers get value for their college costs. I wanted to read the whole paragraph because I'm, I'm now going to strawman their argument, and so I wanted them to have a chance to, to defend themselves <laughs> before, I, before I viciously attack them. Before you... Um, <laughs>
1: Before you straw man, before you misrepresent the argument and kill a straw man that is not that argument.
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly. I'm going to have a hard time not doing that. Because because this to me just reads like lip service. You know what I mean? This this last section reads to me like, by the way, we understand that the whole system is broken and we really want to fix it. And we hope someone does. That's the straw man (laughs) argument. It's not what they're saying, but it's 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 close enough to make me uncomfortable. I love. I like
1: that reading. It's it's much more fun than than the than the words they actually said.
0: Because because and and so this is this is this is not the straw man, but 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 a real concern is in this paragraph they're talking about two concerns and one of them is the president's going to increase the Pell Grant uh, amount of money that people can get. In other words, the federal government is going to pick up more of the tab for college, both by making community college free and by drastically increasing Pell Grants. In other words, there's paying a lot more towards these colleges. In other words, there's going to be more money available to pay for college. On the flip side they want colleges to keep their prices reasonable. But as we've <laughs> talked about with basic economics, if students can go to a more expensive college without it costing them more, because the federal government has picked up more of the tab, what is the incentive for those colleges to keep their prices reasonable? And if if no one has accountability in terms of what their their college accomplishes in terms of of their degree because people aren't paying nearly as much for it which means they don't care as much about what they get from it and they're being told over and over again maybe by the president that they just need to go to college cuz it's their ticket to a better life where's the accountability going to come from you're talking about vague department of education goals about ensuring student borrowers get value for their college costs you know, reading off of the fact sheet. What is that? (laughs) What is what is that really? You know what I mean? That's that is not a concrete plan. If you had a concrete plan, I think we'd have some more details, but I don't think you have a concrete plan. I think you have a vague desire that has to be vague because this is a massive, massive series of institutions with a, a large amount of, of collective lobbying power. I mean, these, these universities are usually state universities. These states have a lot of control over these universities. They have a lot of prestige from the universities. It's just a lot of money tied up in these universities. And so throwing around these vague aphorisms is not going to fix any of those problems.
1: It isn't. Uh, this is this is just this is what we would like to happen. We'd like to pay for more of your college and we'd like for that not to increase the price of college. <laughs> right. We want to increase the demand for college and we don't want that to drive the price up. <laughs> That's not how economics works, right? <laughs> you increase the demand, you the number of people who want to, which is what you're going to do if you make it if you offer to pay for more of the expense. There's only mm-hmm. so many places for students, right? There's only so many colleges. It ridiculously hard to create a new college at this point in time. Um, it, it just, if you didn't know, this is the, to jump back to our, our broader look from a, the previous episode. Student loans are absolutely critical to driving up the cost of college. They are, they are the number one driver of it precisely because they radically increase demand. They make people who cannot afford to it's, go it's- able to go.
0: It's because you're, it's because you're moving the price away from the product. You know what I mean? Because student loans, even though you may have to end up paying for it one day, you don't have to think about it when you're purchasing it. You know what I mean? Like when you go to a furniture store and they say, hey, you don't have to make a payment for the first six months and we defer interest for this Mm -hmm. long. That's what student loans do. But to the nth degree, they say, first of all, the government will pay half of it. You know what you're what you're being charged here because you're low income. We're just gonna cover half the bill. Well, doesn't that make it more likely you'll you'll buy furniture at that store? You know, regardless of the past, the the the, regardless of the price, even if it's 30 percent more than it used to be, because hey, you're getting 50 percent off. You know what I mean? So it's okay if they're charging a little bit more on top of that. Hey, the entire time you're in school, you won't have to make a payment. And you won't be you won't be accruing interest on that debt and then after that you'll you can sign up for you know a minimum income payment thing so even if you have a massive amount of debt you only have to pay five percent of your discretionary income that's pretty reasonable and then on top of that the debt may be wiped out 10 years from now when we we'll have another Democrat and president democratic president so don't worry about that either you know what i mean Uh you're just moving the cost of the item farther and farther away from the time of sale yes and Mm -hmm. the more you do that the less scrupulous you have to be as a consumer about what you're buying you know you're like yeah it doesn't matter it's basically just free at this point yeah and, and
1: uh then you say no credit checks necessary right this is <laughs> well mm-hmm. we don't we don't even check your credit we just we, you qualify for all this the federal government doesn't doesn't care and you can take out a, you know you can get as much as you want get as much as you want um i mean there's limits to the student loans you can take yeah, to some degree w- 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 in terms of how much you can take at any one moment but across time you can take as much as
0: yeah and in terms of your average student who's going to a state college which isn't too crazy expensive the loans are are it's a large amount of money you can take out, yeah, relative to the cost of tuition. The solution is simple and it's not even being mentioned here. It's because it's not acknowledging the fact that the federal student loans are the problem, yeah. You know, they're talking about these schools raising prices like, how could they? It's like, well, of course, the schools are going to raise prices. Number one, costs for most things are going up. Number two, if people are willing to pay more. You know why not? Increase costs. I mean, increase prices. Um, And then, when you have all this free money just floating around, it's going to be picked up and it's going to be spent. And so, you need to reevaluate the entire process, the entire system here, because it's it's really screwing with incentives. It really is. If,
1: if your purpose of going to school is to learn certain, something particular, like you want to know, you want to gain knowledge, um, then then picking what you're interested in or what you want to learn is, is a good you know is, is a good way to do that. It's a good way to do that. You'll have a professor who pushes you, you'll have a curriculum, you'll have things that you uh, you go through and you, will, you can learn that subject if you work at it. If what you're looking for is a job and to make a certain amount of money, that is a fundamentally different goal and turns out the college does not pay you and somehow the college how you're paying for the college and the job you're going to get need to line up <laughs> and and right now mm-hmm. they don't even pretend to right most jobs at this mm-hmm. point train you how to do the work and yes your your schooling may help you depending on what you went into um what you studied but like like law school is, <laughs> law school is a good example of course it's another school after a school your bachelor's degree to get into law school doesn't matter. It could be in ballet. Yeah. <laughs> now, that won't help you pass the LSAT, but there's, there's a lot of jobs <laughs> like that. A lot, of, uh, a lot of advanced degrees or a lot, of, uh, uh, a lot of work that is like that, where it's like, you're going to get in there and you're going to then learn how to do the job. Law school, uh, actually, even after law school, you go to law school and then you get in there. Most law firms lose money on their new hires. For several years, <laughs>
0: to get them before
1: they yes before they become competent enough to actually be worth what they're paying them, Which is a which is a weird world. And actually, law school students don't actually get employed at nearly the rate that people think they would. <laughs> right now, there's a lot of law school people.
0: No, and I would say that yeah, law students are an example of a group who can be stuck in a bad yes. place after going to school because it is very expensive. it is very
1: expensive, and uh, the likelihood that you get a job is actually quite low these days. Um, unless you go to really prestigious school or unless you're top of your class, um, neither here nor there. Um, the loan system, as it is, incentivizes you to do whatever with no accountability. If you if you looked at if you had a similar loan system for starting a business, you would end up with the most useless and random businesses in the world. <laughs> Instead, what happens is you have to have a business plan. And you have to persuade people that it's going to work, that it's worth risking. Mm-hmm. The,
0: mm-hmm. Uh, anyway,
1: we, we can go on. And the, the, the problems with the loan system, you can't escape it. You can't declare bankruptcy and get out of the student loan. It's the only loan in the world, in the world, in the US, <laughs> that you can't get out of. Um, every other loan, you can at some point be like, all right, it's over. I'm never going to be able to pay you back. And that's it. You can't do that with a student loan. You can't escape it. There's there's so many things about this. And like I said, we, we had another episode on this where we went into the kind of system of how this works, um, that is a good reference point if you're not familiar with those
0: ideas. But yeah, it's just it's it's we've got a whole bunch of screwy incentives and this third part of of, you know, President Biden's plan is not is not what it should be. There needs to be a third part and it needs to be massive reform. And that's not what it is. Instead, what it is, is a couple of concrete things like dumping more money into the system through Pell Grants, which isn't, the, isn't evil. You know what I mean? It's not an awful thing to do. It's going to help out a lot of people in terms of helping them go to college. But as Dan is saying, it's not going to help them make sure they're going to a college that's actually going to help them get a job. You know, part of the fundamental problem here is that Biden's initial statement is fundamentally flawed that he's describing college as this ticket and it's the ticket to a better life. And that is just no longer true. Instead, there are certain degrees at certain colleges that are a ticket to a better life. And then there are a whole lot of degrees and a whole lot of colleges where that may not be the case, where it's either a roll of a dice or there are a whole s- slew of degrees that simply won't help you get a better life at all. You may enjoy it. You may have a good time. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a ticket to a better life and describing college, period, as a ticket to a better life is just the biggest it lie. It really is. And as, long as, and as long as we believe that lie and combine that with free money to go to school, what's going to happen? You're just going to have increased, increased, you know, Droves of new students going to school, taking out large amounts of debt, and continuing this downward cycle, both for college education and for massive amounts of student loans for people after college who cannot afford to pay them off. In other words, the problem is just going to get worse, and there is no solution being proposed with this new plan that is going to fix the overarching problems. That point one and point two, while point two is better, With the changing how the loan system works is still a band-aid solution and their proposed solution for the actual underlying problem is actually going to make the underlying problems worse and not better this has been an episode of rethinking politics you can find us on all of the major podcasting apps or on youtube you can reach out to us at RethinkingPoliticsPodcast at gmail.com, or you can visit our website at RethinkingPolitics.Podbean.com, where you can support us via Patreon. Thanks, and have a wonderful day.